Hey guys, and welcome back to episode 32 of That Scale RC Show. I'm your host, Adam Dean, alongside with... Jeremy Kendall. And I know everybody was expecting the Super Friends episode to be episode 32, but there were some conflicting schedules slash uh, last-minute, I guess, uh, things to take care of. Uh, So... We just weren't able to do it last week, and we apologize. Um, and we tried to make it happen again later in the week, um, and it, it just didn't happen. So we ended up just taking a small hiatus. Yeah, we needed a little bit of a break. There's a lot going on right now anyway, so that was not necessarily a bad thing. Well, you're Mr. Busy Beaver over there. Yeah, it's been crazy. We've got the Northwest Model Hobby Expo coming up this weekend, and we had to... We had like three weeks to build a crawler course and to build um, some uh, rails to protect the side of the building from where the no prep drag racing is going to be so that cars didn't like smash into it and stuff. So we're trying to kind of get everything protected. And then I've got like booth stuff to do for SOR and things for that scale RC show because I'm going to be interviewing people there so that'll be really fun but yeah no it's been crazy there's a lot of stuff happening but i don't know it's still it's still been fun stuff so that's nice nice yeah um i was gonna say i actually was able to make it back i was out of town last week for work um and got back just in time to slap some paint on my drag car and head down to jj customs for the two chains um, drag race, so that was that was pretty fun. Yeah, we need to hear about that. I, I guess we don't really have much of a schedule to stick to with tonight, and we don't have a guest. So I, I know myself, like you haven't really given me a whole lot of information as to how it went or anything. So this is like a perfect time to talk about all that. Yeah. So um, for anybody who's listening who doesn't know uh, my other venture. Uh, alongside with that scalar C show has been uh, two chain scalers with Elio Deanda and uh, we decided uh, to hook up at a local hobby shop um, down in San Jose, California, JJ Customs um, LLC, and do like a no prep drag race. And we wanted to stick to the the no prep drag race rules, so we made sure everybody had a short course based rig. Um, two cell lipo only and we follow the original rules which are when you run two cell that's 7.4 volt max that's not the eight what is it 8.6 8.4 the lihb battery um those are 8.4 but you can charge them at higher voltages though oh okay we'll see we um we opted to follow the original which is no lihv batteries only lipos two cell uh, pretty much any motor you want. I mean, you can have like some wicked fast motor because um, we all learned that it's not so much how fast the motor is, is it's how well it grips and how well you can drive it down the road. Because, like for instance, Dan Wilson, you know, which you know, he, his his rig's pretty, you know, beastly when you look at it. Like I mean, like he's got a lot of big name parts in it, high end parts in it. Um, sp- you know, spend some decent money on the paint job. So you think like, okay, this guy's like serious. Like he's got, you know, some serious coin in this thing. 
and first run, he put it on its lid because he saw the other guy t- going in front of him, so he punched it, and it's like when that power band hit, the thing just whoop backwards on its lid. I mean, Whoa. so it doesn't matter if you're like have some wicked fast motor if you can't keep all four wheels down, you're not gonna you're not gonna make it down the track on the right side. So, um, but yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. I definitely learned that. Um, you do need a little bit of motor, and like certain motor setups, you know, kind of help out better than others. I mean, if you're just getting into it, like if you're doing like what I did, I stayed super budget friendly because my background is scale RC and rock crawling kind of, you know, pace, like hitting the trails, you know, and conquering the rocks, not really going fast. So driving fast to me is new. And the closest thing I've had that was going fast was my bomber, but I do know that the motor setup I had in there and speed control was not ideal for the weight of that vehicle. So um, it's a Castle short course Sidewinder 3 combo thing. Um, I want to say it's somewhere about the low 4,000 kV motor, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but that Sidewinder 3 just can't handle, like, if you don't have the gearing right, you overpower the ESC and it just cogs out. And it, in, I mean, I know it's a, it's an uncensored or sensorless, you know, setup, mm-hmm. but, um, it just, like, when I first got there, Elio was laughing at me because I did my first test hit and he's like, dude, that thing's hella slow. And I said, Dude, I honestly have no idea. Like, you know, and he's like, "What?" He's like, "What gearing do you have in that thing?" So we opened up the 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 cover, and he started laughing at me because it was like a whatever the stock two-wheel drive slash was uh, back in the day. Because mind you, that car is like 14 years old, um, and it was uh, I want to say it was like a 14 or a 16 tube pinion with a 86 spur. So he's oh. like, "Dude, that's." He's like, that's way too slow. So we ended up putting in one of his 28s that he had, and that's when I started having the cogging. Like, he'd give it a throttle, and it would start cutting out because, you know, the ESC just couldn't handle the demand. Mm-hmm. So then I dropped down to a 24, and it was manageable. Um, but still, that whole the, – the, the sensorless setup – you could really feel the cogging, and it kind of takes you a second. It's almost like you have to know that that's going to happen. It's almost like you have to double tap or slowly like get into the throttle, like give it a little throttle, then punch it because it needs to take a second to get going since it's you know sensorless. So from you know after those experiences, I basically come to the realization that I need to get something a little bit better. So my if my I guess. Uh, words of wisdom would be get something that's censored to be um, to be started you know like if you're gonna get into it you're gonna have a lot more fun it's a lot more predictable um, and I mean once again I'm finding myself in all new territories because now that I'm like okay I'll get something censored I'm looking at you know all these different recommendations from different teams and whatnot. Because um, I'm on the MKS team, and I was asking a lot of those drag car people, and they're like, "Oh yeah, get this and get that." And now they're starting to call these things like, "Oh yeah, get a 3.5T." And I'm sitting here going, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa!" I thought turns was a brushed motor, so there's apparently turns in a brushless motor, mm-hmm. and there's a way to convert it so you understand how much KV that is. And I'm like, okay, well, now here I am again learning something new because I had no clue. Yeah, it, it's a different 
different deal because they're using the same motors basically that we use with uh, carpet and turf racing because we use like ungodly big motors for that. So I think Ty and Tim both use like a four and a half turn Tekken. Yeah, like the 4.5. So that's actually what Elio's running, and that car is wicked fast. And um, it's just a lot of, like for me, being new to this, you know, I might sound like a puss, but that's a lot of motor for me. So it's like I'm not used to it. So like learning how to drive it and like when to like let off and give it full throttle and, you know, having the confidence you're not going to wreck it is a little, you know, intimidating. So... From what I've heard from talking to Tim and like Tyler Zavadil and even Ryan Crowley, um, they said anywhere from like a 6.5 to a 5.5 would be good because they said the other thing too is you can also uh, time your motors. So if you get a, you know a 6.5 and you time it just right and you have the gearing just right, you could keep up with somebody with a base 4.5 um, turn motor. Exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of like so. So you know, there's no real like, oh, you got to get this or you got to get that. So, um, but I think I'm gonna try and stay in about the 5.5, just because, like I said, I drove the 4.5, and it's just a little, it's just a little bit for me because I'm still learning how to like, you know, go fast. Sure. So, yeah. But other than that, um, I had a lot. I mean, I had a lot of fun. Um. Of course, I did a rookie mistake when I did my first lineup. Um, I was doing test hits, and all the recommendations that I was told was to turn your servo down to like half throw or less because you really don't need the full response because when you're going that fast, the slightest correction is going to track you back straight. So if you have your full steering like you would on a crawler, it's going to make you dart super quick because you're going to be throwing those tires so fast. It's without with a blink of an eye, you're either going to be jumping lanes or going into the curb. So um Elio was like, "What's wrong with your steering? Like it doesn't turn." And I'm like, "Well, I turned it down because I was told, you know, to have, you know, he goes, "Oh, you got to turn it back up." Well, anyways, I turned it back up and I should have taken a test hit after that. I didn't. We started doing the bracket and everything. Well, when I was doing my first race, I started going, and all of a sudden I started drifting t- towards the curb. So I tried to correct, and since I had full steering, it literally shot me straight across uh, the lane. So that was an automatic DQ. So disqualified for uh, hopping the lane. So it's there's obviously then a lot of reaction time and stuff involved in this. I almost wonder like if you, I I think that Sidewinder ESC has it, but I believe like, I know with Tekken there's an adjustable torque setting and then some of the older Castle ESCs had kind of a, uh, not launch control, but you could control how the hit would be off the bottom, you know? So, I mean, it it was kind of like a, a launch control, so it wasn't so violent, you know, when you first pulled the trigger and stuff. So I'm, well, I'm thinking yeah, you there'll could, be some tuning with all that. Yeah, you could do that with your, um, you could do that with like if you have Castle products, you can do that with like the throttle curve. So you're not, so you can either have like a curve or you can have a progressive line inside the software. Um, 
if you set it up in a little bit of a curve, like you said, it's not going to start out so violent. But you can adjust that to where you want it to be so when you punch it, it'll for a quick little second, it'll kind of get you going and then boom and then take off and you'll be good to go. Um, it just takes a lot of uh, playing around you know, with the car, getting used to it. Um, I definitely, if you're like just getting into drag racing, I would definitely say start out in an area where you can actually like practice and get used to the car. Then start tracking your data and start like learning what you're doing and and you know practice you know better launches or whatever. Um, the one thing I am super happy about, um, I know some. Uh, you know, servos have a hard time tracking straight. Uh, like you could actually get it really close, but then the farther down you go, the car still will start to go to the right or to the left. Like you never get it perfectly straight. I do got to say I am super happy with my MKS HBL 380 because I got that thing tracking dead straight. I could punch it and the thing will just go straight the entire way down until it hits a little bump or you bump the wheel. Nice. So that's that part's not an issue. Um, it's just really getting the, you know, getting your electronics set up, and then getting comfortable with the car. Yeah. So exactly. Like I guess uh, some of my teammates had mentioned that there's a company called Trinity, and they make some uh, motors specifically for drag racing. I don't know what the benefits are. Um, but I do know that everywhere I've looked for a Trinity motor has been back-ordered, uh, including A-Main. So that means they must be doing something right if they are back-ordered. Um, and then another motor I was looking into was the Gropner. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. The Gropner motors, I think, they're, I think they used to be based out of Germany, but now they got a plant in like four different you know, parts of the world. Um, nice. But uh, they're really in it. they're really not that bad. It's it's interesting to see the differences in, I guess you know, go fast motors versus crawling motors. Like, is there really that much more of a difference in like the technology? Because I've noticed that a lot of your drag motors or race motors, anything to go fast, you can find them anywhere from the range of like seventy to one hundred and twenty-five dollars. Whereas mm -hmm. like a lot of the crawling motors start like at the $125, $130 range for a brushless motor. So it's kind of like it's just interesting to see the two different you know spectrums or levels um, of the hobby and you know where the prices defer and all that stuff. Yeah, they so Trinity is pretty well known, especially in like the. Uh carpet oval racing community and stuff um okay they're, they're really well known for having some big high horsepower num uh motors like that's just mm -hmm. kind of their claim to fame they had when stock buggy racing started getting big and everybody's using 17.5s trinity was one of the first ones to come along and un you know offer just an ungodly powerful 17.5 turn motor and uh yeah, so I mean, their their stuff's really good. It's it's kind of funny because in the racing world, like all these electronics manufacturers, it's like every year, or every two years, they go through and they just release something brand new. I know Tekken's coming out with their Gen Four stuff already, and uh, 
it's it's a very very competitive game to be in as far as the brushless motors for race cars right now because the technology is changing so fast it's it's pretty cool it's it's neat to see there's a lot of innovation going on right now nice um but yeah i mean that's really all i I mean that's really all the tips and tricks i can give you right now i am Mm -hmm. by no means an expert i am by no means you know the best racer um i just went out and had fun and it was a lot of fun it's definitely different to get behind something that you're gonna go fast and you know like i don't know it's like at first you're like what's the big deal you're just gonna go in a straight line and you and you know get down there as fast as you can but once you start doing it it's actually pretty fun yeah no i'm i'm excited for it i i don't think i'm gonna have enough time to get ours built like i've got everything here for it now but like at this point, honestly, with how close we're getting to the weekend and needing to prep other cars and get stuff ready, like I'll just be happy if I can get that thing, you know, as a roller so it can just sit on the table and have some of our products on it. And if I get that far, I'll be pretty happy. If by some miracle it actually runs and I'm able to drive it, though, I'm going to be just beside myself happy. It's going to be pretty cool. Nice. We're going to have to do an eighth mile, though, so it's going to... The guys that have been doing the scale quarter mile, they're probably going to have to do some gearing changes and maybe some setup stuff because uh, it's it's probably going to be sort of new for everybody. The, the side of the building that we are able to do this on because like we're right in the middle of rainy season up here. And so the only side of the building that has a roof over it to where the rain isn't going to screw up the drag racing is only enough for a scale eighth mile. So if by some reason the weather cooperates, we'll do it in front of the building though. And then we can do the, you know, 132 feet and everything. So nice. We'll see how it goes. Should be pretty cool. Well, I was actually going to say, um, I think Todd Norton brought it up to me. He said he was on, I think Facebook today and he saw a post um, from Scale Builders Guild, the new um, ah, what they call it? It was it's uh, DR10. DR10. Yeah. So it appears Team Associated is coming out with a drag car that you can just buy, and that is nice. pretty uh, pretty fantastic. Yeah. Well, I was. That's why I was surprised. I haven't heard. I I haven't heard you say anything about it, and I haven't heard you say. Um, like you were just going to put this on hold and just get, you know, <laughs> the R10. Yeah, no, um, probably not, but that would have been the way to go now that I'm seeing it. But I mean, that, the thing is, and like, I hope everybody realizes how significant this is that they're throwing their hat into the ring with, with coming out with, what I'm guessing is probably an RTR drag car, at the very least a kit drag car. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not sure which it'll be, but that means that they are seeing the numbers that make it worth their while to produce something like this. And if that's the case, I think we're going to see even more growth with the whole no prep drag racing, which is already on fire. So, I mean, this is, this is a pretty big deal. And, you know, Traxxas, um, I think they were just kind of ahead of their time when they released all their drag cars. I, I just don't think the RC well, community was quite ready yet. Well, honestly, I don't ever think, and in, in no, by no means don't quote me, but I don't think Trax has ever released a drag car. No, they had their funny car. 
They did? Oh, okay. Because mm -hmm. I was going to say because like if you're going off of what we're doing right now, you're taking a slash like when we had Tyler on the show. You're taking a slash and you're throwing um, bandit rear arms on it or you're taking a bandit and you're throwing – what are you doing on a – I forget what, you, what he said. Slash LCG chassis. Yeah, you put the slash LG yeah LGC chassis on a bandit, and you get your your drag car. So what I find pretty interesting is they've never really come out with a you know quote unquote kit for the street eliminator class or whatever you want to call it. Um, the actual interesting thing is like I've been pointing a lot of people because anybody who like reaches out to me and says, "Hey, I like that. How do I get into it?" Or you know, what would be a good car to start out with? I pretty much cut to the chase and said, go to Jake's Performance Hobbies, go underneath the section where it says no prep uh, street eliminator you know, drag section. I forget what it's actually called. It might be no prep drag or street eliminator outlaw, something like that. And you go under there, and they have a list of stuff they sell. They sell both the Bandit ready to go as a drag car chassis or they call it a drag car slider. I think it's called the Bandit drag car slider, and I want to say it's like, which is weird. I don't know why. I haven't really looked into this to see why, but if, but if you look up the Bandit one that they sell is like, I want to say it's like 149, 159, but if you get the slash-based one, it's 119. So, Interesting. and it's big. And it's basically what they do is they already convert everything for you. So all you do is you when you order that, you're getting what it says, a slider. You're getting the chassis, the front and rear arms, the transmission, and the shocks. So wonder, you got do you know if they modify the shocks at all to where they're limited and so the thing's all slammed low to the ground? Uh, that I don't know. Hmm. Dude, I saw okay, so I saw an Australian outfit that was offering the same thing that you were just talking about. And this struck me as weird. So the picture they're showing is, you know, like a, a slash slider ready to go. $300 Australian, which is still like 232 American. But the weird thing was that like the whole, they're showing a picture of it sitting on like by some plants and stuff. And it's just soaking wet. I'm just like 300 bucks for a, bunch of rusty screws now on your drag chassis like this is a terrible way to try and show them for sale you know the things just drenched in water but man it's uh evidently in australia they're selling for a premium so that was kind of interesting to see hmm yeah because i'm gonna actually look it up right now but um let me look it up. Sorry, I'm also not that it matters uh, to you. I just got a alarming text that our local where I buy all my steel supposedly is the guy's finally retiring, so he's shutting the he's shutting the doors to the business. So now oh, my no. now my local steel yard is going to be gone. That's weird. They wouldn't just sell it. That's what I said. But you you do, if you were down here where I live. Uh, it is so ridiculous. They are they are developing every little chunk of land they could possibly develop, and uh -oh. he's kind of like in some prime real estate. So I'm sure he's probably like, I've been doing this for 50 years. You know, I'm over it. And if he sells off the land, he could probably retire and cash out and probably go buy his own island. Yeah, that that's true. If that's the case, then 
Right on, dude. <laughs> but still, it's just it was one of those just kind of alarming and, you know, I was like, are you serious? Because that's how, like I said, that's that's where I go and get my. Um, Whoa! It just got loud all of a sudden. Really? Weird. That was really strange. Yeah. Also, because I just found this out the hard way. Don't um when you're typing in, make sure you type in. Jake's performance hobbies, not just Jake's performance, because Jake's performance is a um, is like a motor thing, like like real car thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was like, what the hell? Yeah, so their website's actually jphracing.com. That's Jake's Performance Hobbies um, up in Santa Rosa, California, or Roner Park. Um, but yeah, so navigation, I go by shop category, go down to the no prep drag racing is what it's called. And yes, so they have the drag slash slider, and this is what it, this is basically what it comes with. And they basically say this is a great place to start your no prep RC uh, drag build based on tool drive tracks a slash works with Parma and Proline slash with bodies as is it will with J concept narrow bodies basically we strip down a tool drive slash and install a low, a low um, the LCG chassis and mini front bumper we keep all the parts you don't need there's still work to be done on your part but you get a great cost effective way to start your RC drag build what you'll need to complete is a wide slash based body and paint, transmitter receiver, motor and ESC, wheels and tires, battery and charger. Uh, and then it says miscellaneous items that may be needed, but it is based on your personal setup, uh, different body mounts, nuts and bolts, etc. Um, and that's about it. Uh, well, obviously, I'm surprised they don't advertise. Also, you need to get a, a wheelie bar because it doesn't come with one, and that's one of the requirements. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's basically, from what I'm looking at, it's pretty much ready, like, you know, ready to go. I don't see anything about the the shocks being, you know, limited or anything. Um, I think they just threw the regular shocks on there, but I could be wrong. Now, if you click on the No Prep Drag Bandit, it's $144.99, and it says this is a, a great place to start your No Prep RC Drag Build based on a tool drive Traxxas Bandit. Works with J Concept Narrow Bodies. Basically, we strip down a tool drive bandit, install the low LCG chassis. We keep the parts you don't need. Basically, basically, it's the same thing. I'm just wondering why this one costs more. I wonder if it's because the base price of a bandit is different than. Could be. I'm almost thinking if if the bandit follows kind of the same rules as other buggies versus short course the bandit probably has shorter shocks on it too which would be really nice because it's less of a pain in the butt trying to get your suspension dialed in yeah which is basically like what i had to do is i put internal limiters on my rear shocks and then i actually put i did the opposite for the front i actually put external limiters basically clear pvc tubing around the shaft um, in the front so that way it wouldn't completely bottom out because the one thing that I thought was hilarious was um, when like 
Elio would take off, and he doesn't run front shocks, which is like a whole other thing. Um, you, I guess it's personal preference if you want to run shocks in the front or if you want to put links in the front. Um, Elio just basically put links, so his front suspension is basically fixed. But what I thought was really funny is when you get on it, the thing goes down the road, and as soon as you let go, like you let go of the throttle, the it unloads, so it puts the front really close to the ground, and the body like skips across the ground. So it always sounds like somebody's going down the road backfiring. It's hilarious. Oh, so all that arrow from the body is probably pushing the front end down when you get off of it. Yeah, ah. and then it goes. And it goes, and it's, it's <laughs> hilarious. And so I like the way I did it was like I said, I just made sure that I put spacers in there so when I let go, it wasn't going to try to nosedive into the ground. So I don't know. I felt that it like like I said, I feel that my setup suspension wise and everything is good now. It's getting the power in there properly is another thing. And the only other recommendation I have is from what I see, everybody was using a 100C discharge battery. and um, I was using the two hard packs that I have from my four-wheel drive slash. One's a 40C and one's a 50C. So I was like, well, looks like I need to get another battery. (laughs) Yeah. I need to look at the rules, too, because supposedly there was a lot of things changing. I I could be wrong, but I thought I heard that they're going to do away with the front shocks thing, and then I know that supposedly now you can run open wheel bodies too so i don't know i need to i need to just sit down and read the rules for uh this year because i guess there has been some changes yeah there's a lot of things but like i said overall it was pretty fun we just did a stand we just basically did a standard elimination bracket when we did ours uh we had 16 drivers um so 16 drivers at 20 dollars a pop to buy in it was a 320 dollar pot and then we divvied it among the first, second, and third uh, place winner. That's awesome. So the first place winner took home uh, $200. The second place took 80 and the fourth, or the third place took home 40 if I'm not mistaken. Dude, that's if really my math, cool. If my math's correct. Um, and then first, second, third, and fourth all came home with the trophy. That's pretty rad. So yeah, no, it was a lot. It was a lot of fun. So we basically made people, and then and then. So if anyone's listening to this and you want to go and do it kind of like this way, we found that it was easiest. So like for instance, we had 16 drivers. We basically took a piece of paper, wrote one, or left one and right one, and then left two and right two, and basically you go all the way down because you have your left and right lane, mm-hmm. and then we put all those folded up in a hat and we let everybody pick so basically that's who you raced it wasn't like we were doing oh you get a qualifier run and you got to see who's you know because we'd be there all day if we were doing it that route so so we did is we just that's how it was so if one person picked (laughs) left one they're racing right one you know so on and so forth and then once we got through all that we actually just went down the list and the winner of race one raced race two then the winner of race three did four and then so on and so forth we just keep work we just kept working our way down that way um because we could have done the whole number thing again but you know we we're kind of trying to stay on a i guess a time schedule so we weren't going too late um so we figured that would just be the easiest and everybody kind of agreed they were all happy with that they didn't care mm-hmm. 
so, but no, it was a lot of fun. So yeah, so we had uh, Brandon Tommy of the ASD Crawlers. He won first place. Um, second place came down to Bob Tarvin, and that was actually one hell of a race. When it came down to the final two that were racing for for first and second place, Bob had the old school Corvette, and um, Brandon had the new school Corvette. So it was the battle of the vets, and it was a close race. Like the, we had a, we had a handful of races that were very lopsided. Like one person blew the doors off the other one, or one person overcorrected, ended up on their lid, or shot the lane, or whatever. This one came down to, I mean, it was within like an inch when they crossed the finish line. Wow! So it was a, it was, it was really, it was a really good event. Um, were you guys using like the Traxxas tree, or were you doing <laughs> it just like flashlight and go, or flashlight and go? Yeah, we that's were like, pretty cool. I think that's what we're gonna be doing. So yeah, so no, yeah, that was one thing Elio really wanted to do. He really wanted to do the flashlight thing. So he got out there and he'd make sure the drivers were ready. He'd do the whole thing just like the show, and then he'd stand there and just go boop, hit the light, and then you just go. And then he and then he'd turn around and watch it. It was hilarious. Um, and that's basically how he did it. I know there's some people that were like, hey, we should get the tree and we should have this. And, the, you know, it's like for our first event and for a first time just kind of getting everyone together and having fun, I think it went off really well. Yeah, no, it sounds like it. It sounds like it was a great time. So, yeah, and uh, we already got people asking when we're going to do another one. So I think in about a month and a half, I think what we were talking about, if we can keep everyone interested, is maybe like every other month to do an event. That's pretty good because then people don't get burnt out and stuff. Like we went from doing comps every two weeks to comps once a month. And it just – our attendance actually got better by doing it that way because I – you know, especially in the summer, people have stuff they're trying to do and everything. So Yeah. So no. So otherwise, yeah, no. It was, it, like I said, it was fun. So And then the coolest thing out of the whole thing, I really did think – I was kind of hoping he'd place a little higher. But you know what? He made fourth place. There's this kid, um, his name was Van. I want to say he was like, he's like 10 or 11 years old. And he came in fourth place. He was hanging in there with the big dogs that are like twice his age, making it all, like, I mean, that kid can drive. That's great. So um, it was awesome. Um, so we're, we're, we're kind of hoping that – because I, I heard him inside talking to Jason, and he was ordering that. He was already ordering a new motor, so he's like, I, I want the 4.5 and da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> if he gets, he gets good at it, I, I think we can see him up on the podium higher than fourth place. That's pretty cool. Right on. So, but, yeah, no, so, yeah, so that was it. So that, that is my life as a outlawed drag racer. That's pretty cool. I like so, it. I'm 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 excited. It's definitely, you know, it's something that has kind of sparked my interest. So I can't wait to get going on this. I just you you finished something before me too. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> you beat me. That's good. Uh, it'll probably be the only time too. <laughs> I don't know about that, but no. That's, I mean, that's I'm not cool. gonna lie. I was a little nervous that I wasn't even going to have a car ready to run because I got a call from my buddy that I that I work with. Um, and basically, not only do I do my own 
you know, like kind of like general construction, general repair company. Mm-hmm. Um, I also work with him, and he is a licensed electrician because uh, he needs, you know, the manpower. Uh, plus, we've been buddies for 10 years or so. So um, he knows he can count on me and all that stuff. So anyways, he lives up in Auburn, and he had got a job up in Truckee and asked if I wanted to come up. And I said, oh, yeah, I'll come up. Well, I knew that if I go up and do that, I said that eliminates, unless I bring everything with me, that eliminates any kind of work getting done on my drag car. So I was like, I basically made sure that it was a running car, like like that the electronics worked, and I had like 50% of the paint done. So I was like, all right, so if I get if if I have to, I run a half painted body or whatever, you know, like it won't have the color scheme that I want, but it'll be close and you know, but I ended up getting back uh Friday afternoon, so I was able to actually spend the rest of the afternoon dialing in the paint. So come Saturday, it was load everything up, charge batteries and head down to San Jose. Nice. So but yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to doing it again. And actually, what I really want to do is I want to get that new electronic setup. Like I said, I'm leaning towards the 5.5. I don't know if I'm going to go with that Grotner, if I'm going to wait and try and get something from Trinity. Because when you go on Trinity's website, they actually have the ones. They 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 all have like weird names. Like there's one that's like called like uh, something whole shot. And it's a you know there's that series. They have the DR series, which is the drag racing. I mean, they have so many different series, so I'm like, okay, do I wait for one of those, or do yeah, I just? Yeah, that's get, tough. <laughs> or do I just get what I just get what I've kind of already found and that's in, you know, in stock, and then, you know, go from there. But I definitely want to get that in there, and then also after talking to like Ryan and like I do got to give um, <clears throat> Ryan Crowley like a huge shout out. Um, not only has he been a big supporter of the That Scale RC show, he's been a tremendous mentor when it comes down to talking about uh, the drag racing stuff. I mean, I've bugged him I don't know how many times. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? You know, like totally like all like straight noob status. And um, he's, you know, he's helped me every time. Uh, you know, he's given me his honest opinion. He's he's pointed me in the right direction. Um, he definitely recommended, which is another thing I would say to you too, is uh, the gearing. So I was, like I said, I had all the stock gearing, and I was messing with it from there. He recommended going with a seven. I think he said a seventy-eight-ish, seventy-nine, something like that. I'll have to go back and look. Um, so I'm not giving everybody the wrong information, uh, with like around a 28 pinion. And he said you'll be a lot happier with that setup. It's a lot more tunable. It's kind of like in the middle as far as like the gearing, so you're not, you know, over-gearing or under-gearing. Right. That's what I was told was for the associated transmission to do 7827. So that sounds like that's kind of the magic number for almost all of them. yeah or a good place to start at least because that's tough it's like you know when you when you're doing something like this it's like well where do you even start you know what i mean yeah thank god for people like tim that have been in it a long time and post stuff up and answer questions and ryan and stuff i just recently started talking to ryan on facebook here like i've always known who he was and stuff like that but we just 
chatted back and forth on a couple things. He's just yeah, a super he's, cool guy. No, he really is. Um, he said 76 spur, and he said you probably want to play around with a 28 or 30 pinion because he said the 30 will get you that that uh, that um, the the higher amount, the MPH at the end of the track. So um, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So that's kind of like I guess I'm gonna take the, those words of advice and go from there. Yeah. No, that's gonna be cool, man. That's really cool. So, uh, that's really about it. Um, what else do we got going on? I uh, wanted to take a minute and give a shout out to our patrons that we have on Patreon. This is pretty rad. We are now up to twenty four dollars and. We've got six patrons on there, and I wanted to uh, give a quick shout-out to Dan S., David Faborg, Don Premio, I believe is how I say his name. If I mess that up, Don, I apologize. Uh, Ed Wenger, Rick Taxera, and Westmade. So, you guys, thank you so much. That is just... I, you know, I don't even, I don't even have the words to say how thankful we are. You know, this is awesome. So thank you guys. Um, well, it. It, the the other thing that I think is pretty cool is all those names have been kind of like supporting us slash like interacting with us almost since day one. Yeah, exactly. Which is awesome. You know, so, it's, it's cool. They're still, you know, interested and engaged. And I think that's pretty great. Oh, yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, definitely huge shout out. Um, definitely helps with the subscription and, um, yeah. And like I said, we still got to get together and we got to sit down and talk about some sort of a, you know, tier rewards program. Exactly. Yeah. Need to. And I've, I've got some packets, uh, some product stuff gathered up to, uh, send the people that we've talked to about uh sending some decal sheets and stuff so i've got those sitting here too to send out so we haven't forgot about you guys just so you know it's just been crazy busy so but, yeah well how about you, instead of me flapping my gums so much how about you talk about <laughs> that awesome course you were working on man that so that's been a trip because it's it's the first time that i've ever experienced like well, second time, let's say. Um, it's the 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 whole like philosophy of like teamwork and everything. It it went together so seamlessly. Like it was it was one of the best examples of teamwork that I've ever had. Like there was no arguing. You know, just everybody listening to each other and experimenting on stuff and seeing what was going to work for us and. You know, it was like something didn't work. We just kind of moved on to the next thing. And before you know it, you know, three weeks later, we're loading the thing on a trailer tonight to move it. So it was pretty cool. It's, uh, I, I tried to post some pictures for everybody to see. So basically what it is, is it is a mobile crawler course that has a concrete surface on it. And so what we did is we did two by four framework to give it some structure and support so it wouldn't be flimsy and crack or break when we move it so we did you know like stringers and stuff on it and then um put plywood down and then 
on top of the plywood, we were taking foam insulation board and breaking it into big chunks randomly. And then we would either hot glue, spray glue, or depending on the size, like pin them together with long, like finish nails and stuff. And uh, the styrofoam gave us all the shapes with, uh, you know, a pretty good weight savings there. And so after that, we took and we bought like terry cloth, like towel and bathrobe material in the bulk from Joanne's Fabrics. And we would mix up concrete in the uh, wheelbarrow and we would just submerge the cloth in it, you know, cut, cut it to shape and then submerge the cloth in it, get it really good and saturated in concrete and then lay it on top of all the styrofoam mounds. And then the terry cloth actually had enough give to where you can start shaping it and packing it in around all the different shapes that you've made underneath. And then uh, to keep the low areas like staying down and get like the sharp ridges and stuff on some of the obstacles, we were taking like half inch, really wide head uh, Phillips head self-tapper screws and putting those in and that would hold the fabric down on all the low spots and then once we did that we would just start grabbing handfuls of concrete or bucketfuls and start pouring it over stuff and shaping it and moving it around with our hands and you've got about a two-hour window and uh once you get towards the end of that window you take a really stiff bristle brush to it and you start sweeping the sand away and you're kind of texturing it you know like when like how sidewalks are brushed concrete and that's what gives you the grip this is very similar to that only you know it's a smaller pattern because of the brush that we're doing and stuff and so we would do that and then brush it the other direction to get rid of the brush marks so you would end up with this texture that is just such insane traction like it, it was really cool and so we've got this four by eight table piece and then there's two ramps that go up on top of it on either side. And one's a little bit easier and one's a little bit harder. And uh, now we've got, you know, so the whole thing's four feet wide and then the ramp pieces are six feet long and the tabletop is eight feet long. And so we skirted the whole thing. I did graphics for it with all of the park sponsor logos and stuff. And like, before you know it, we had this like awesome, like, SEMA show ready looking obstacle that was just super professional looking and stuff and like it was kind of one of those things where you just sort of sit back and you just marvel at it because you're like man I can't believe we did that like we made that the thing we're looking at right now that is just so professional and just clean looking like we did this I mean it, it was just the coolest feeling of accomplishment when we were done with it and so I'm really excited for uh, the public to get a chance to take it out so I think what we're going to do uh, this week or this weekend at the Hobby Expo is people will be allowed to play on it in like five minute sections two people at a time and that'll just be there you know for the general public to enjoy and then we have two comps scheduled throughout the day we've got a kids comp where it's just kids only and then an adult comp and so we've got plaques for them and raffle prizes and stuff so it's 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 going to be a really really good time and then we've got another like beginner style course too for people to play on when uh you know, why they're waiting around or, you know, if the other one's pretty full and has a big line, they have something else to go mess around on. So it's going to be pretty crazy. I mean, we've got carpet off-road racing, um, drag racing, and scale RC crawling all 
in the same building. So it's it's going to be really cool. It's kind of a shrunk down version of the Die Hard RC Park. And uh, I think it'll be really cool. It'll give people kind of a chance to experience what the park has to offer, you know, inside. So it's I think it'll be a really good sales tool and everything for getting people out there and having some fun this summer. So it, it was just a super fun, super fun project. So now that's all done and it's getting cars ready for this weekend so that we've got all our display cars and stuff ready so i got that stereo that i was working on in the ram charger element enduro build that was a lot of fun that that really wasn't as hard as most people thought it was gonna you know thought it was like when i kind of like break it down and explain it to them like it you know i mean i had most of that done in an evening and it really wasn't super difficult so and there's better Bluetooth speakers out there too that you know not only sound better, but like the speakers actually screw in instead of mine that were glued in and I had to Dremel them out. That was super nerve wracking because you don't want to damage them when you're using the Dremel and you're cutting it through, you know, an eighth inch of ABS plastic. It was pretty tough, but once it was done, I was pretty happy. So no, it, it's it's been fun. It was the first time I've ever gone absolutely crazy on scale detail and built something from scratch like that. So it was Nice. Pretty pretty good time. I'm nice. struggling getting the back hatch to open though. I cut the back hatch of the shell off of it mm-hmm. and uh, made a hinge system, but I'm just I'm having trouble with the pieces of the body hitting. You know, the door and the canopy portion they make contact before you can lift it up all the way. So I've got to kind of rethink how I did that. But uh, it should be pretty neat when I'm all done. It's been a really fun project. So now I got to scramble and finish up the last little details on that and then start banging out some other stuff. Awesome. Yeah. So it's been good. It's keeping me busy. That's for sure. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I got to get back onto some of the crawler stuff. Um, I don't really have a lot going on in that department. I just picked up a SCX 24 while I was down at JJ customs. So, that would be perfect for what we built. My goal is to make a even smaller version of Michelle's Jeep. Nice. That's going to be really cool. So, yeah, there's that guy. What's his name? It's like something Mod19 RC or something like that on Instagram. Oh, he makes that U4 kit for it? Well, he's got that, but he also makes – if you go to his Shapeways – Dude, he kills it with those SCX-24s. Every single body style that's come out, he makes some sort of upgrade or accessory for it. That's way cool. So, I mean, like, so I was already looking at the one for the JLU, which is the one I picked up, mm-hmm. and he makes rock sliders and a spare tire mount. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. And the prices are, like... Like I don't like honestly, this is a dude who just does it for fun because there's he's by no means getting rich off this stuff because I think I can buy the sliders and the spare tire for like thirty bucks. Oh, that's really good. So yeah, so so yeah, so I think I'm gonna do that just to give it a little more you know difference than the stock look, and then uh, I gotta peel the stickers off. My fun part is going to be trying to ma- recreate those uh, Rubicon stickers in like ultra micro size. I'm like, oh, I was already have to do those on clear for you or something. That's what I was thinking because I'm well because like it's got Rubicon ones on there, but it's not in the color formation of how Michelle's Jeep hood is. So if you remember how I did it on the one tenth scale one, I made 
the black background, and then the Rubicon's cut out, so that's the white underneath right. coming coming through. Well, I don't know if I'll be able to do it that small. So, yeah, that'll be interesting. So yeah, so that one might need a that one might need the assistance of some wrap. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's super easy, and plus I can adjust the. Uh, Oh God! Why am I drawing a blank right now? I can adjust the resolution of the print to where you know, even though it's going to be tiny, it'll still be legible. So nice. Yeah, it won't be bad, and it'll be cool. It's easy to do. Yeah, and that's it's really it. There's not much I'm going to do to it. I'm literally going to throw a couple things at it, and boom, that's it. The only other thing I was thinking about doing, like I already started going down that rabbit hole, was I was watching a bunch of what people do to mod that stuff. And like I didn't know that there are some companies that have made some significant parts for the SCX 24s that'll actually help them perform way better. Oh really? Like uh, Hot Racing makes oh, brass I diff saw their link kit, but I didn't see anything else. Yeah, they have a brass diff kit. Oh, that's cool. So it gives you weight down low. I'm trying so. to pull that up right now to look at it because that's pretty cool. And then um, what else? And then there's a couple people talking about putting a little bit of grease inside the shocks. Hmm. Yeah, I can so see that helping. It takes away the the boinginess or the you know the basketball look when you're yeah. going down the road. Oh yeah, they got a brass diff cover and brass knuckles. Uh huh. And brass wheels, but they look terrible. <laughs> They have wheel weights for the KMC stock wheels. That's a good idea. They have aluminum axles for it. Jeez. Dude, there's a grip of stuff you can get. Yeah, like I said, it's it's pretty impressive. But, like, you know, the one thing I've seen that's been pretty funny about the SCX24s is they, like, everybody ripped on Axial when they came out with that. Mm -hmm. And they actually sell like rather you know quickly like there there's a small population of those things floating around because like when i went to uh to jj customs i told him i wanted to get the jeep and he said he was all cleaned out of the jeep he's only got the the red and green um deadbolt in stock and i was like and th this was like a week before i was headed down i was like oh that sucks because yeah i don't know if my other shipment will be in by then well of course i walk in to get diff gears for my drag car and I saw it sitting on the shelf and I said, oh, I got to get this while I'm here. But I mean the price point is like it's 119 and you get everything, a charger, a battery, a remote, and a car. That's a smoking deal. I mean, and you can almost run it anywhere. Yeah, and, they, and plus with the size you can do any like hard body plastic like revel model or anything on it i mean that's really cool about those so yeah no i think especially after doing this course like looking at the course and then seeing like the scx 24 and stuff like all those low spots turn into like canyons and riverbeds for a 24th scale like i i think it would be just incredible for micros to play on oh yeah but none of us own any of them <laughs> nobody has <laughs> one <laughs> Yeah, you should talk to A Main. I mean, they're they're very inexpensive, dude. Yeah, that might be a. I'll, I th I'll probably wait a little bit and see if Associated comes out with something. But I don't know. It'd be a real easy thing to do wraps for, though. So 
there's 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 me trying to justify it to myself to buy one so I can well, do it's actually, wraps for them. It's actually really funny that you say that because after I posted that picture on my Instagram that I picked one up, mm-hmm. some dude commented, "You should you should wrap one of these with a Canyon cooler wrap and and do a giveaway." And I was like, and it got the it got the gears turning. I was like, hmm. I said. I could probably sketch this thing out, trace it all on tracing paper, send you the stuff, have it wrapped, and then figure out a way to do a giveaway. Yeah, exactly. No, that but, would be cool, man. But yeah, so I don't know. I'll think about it. So, because um, I because I did get the they did get the gears turning. I thought it would be a a real uh, cheesy way to get more people to know uh, who um, that scale RC show is. Yeah, no, that's true. That would be pretty neat. Well, because then all you got to do is like, you just got to like, you know, you say like, like if you posted it like on, you know, my Instagram, you say, well, make sure you follow SOR, That Scale RC Show, and myself, mm-hmm. and like this, and we're gonna randomly pick a winner. Do you know how many people are gonna start, uh, you know, friend requesting or following um, That Scale RC Show? Oh yeah, that's so. That's a good idea. I think that'd be fun, and it's a cool so, way to kind of give back to people too. So, yeah. So, I yeah, I might maybe I'll talk to Jason about getting another SCX twenty four. Yeah, that'd be way cool. I'd be totally down for that. Nobody, so, nobody usually complains about free stuff. Well, nope. Inle- unless they don't win it, then they complain. <laughs> yeah. So, but um, yeah, that's really all I got going on right now in a nutshell. You know, it's weird how people complain about when stuff comes out and it's new. You know, it's it's strange. It's like, why would you get mad about a little 24th scale? Like, if it's not for you, don't buy it. But, like, I don't know. I see stuff like that, and immediately I'm like, oh, think of the possibilities. Look at all the things you could do. I mean, I, I don't know. I think any time that something new comes out, it's at least, you know, like, noteworthy to, you know, look at it and check it out and, you know think about the possibilities for it well it's because i've noticed um that like i it's just and especially it's been in the last like i want to say six years or so it's like it's i don't know why everybody seems to think they have the you know well i mean i guess you do have the right to speak what you want to say and freedom of speech and all that but it's like they seem to feel like it's like their duty to say something the whole yeah. time now. Yeah, it's, it's like, strange. It's like, you know, what happened to people just, okay, keep scrolling along. You know, now it's almost like, you know, you get people commenting on stuff and you're just like, really? Like, it's huh. bizarre. I don't know. It's just the way I think society's going now. I actually, I don't know. This might be kind of corny, but um, I had a buddy who sent something. It was actually pretty. Um, it's pretty spot on uh, when he posted it. It was a meme, and it's a picture of uh, what's his name. Uh, I can't think of his name right now. Uh, it's Bill. What's his name? Bill. Oh, dude, it's killing me. That I can't think of his last. You don't name want right. me to try and help because I'll be just completely. He played. He was on. He was on Caddyshack. Bill Murray. Bill Murray. There you go. Why am I drawing a blank? Anyways, he's a national treasure. Like I, you should have him in the front of your mind at all times. 
<laughs> and and he said and, and this is a, I don't know if it's a quote from him, but it's just a picture of him and this is what the word says. It says social media is training us to compare our lives instead of appreciating everything we are. No wonder why everyone is depressed. Yeah. And I said, you know what? That's actually pretty spot on. Yeah, I I feel that. That's yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean cuz cuz I mean look at what everyone does now. You know, like like one person posts something and they're like they're like, you know, now they see what that person has and instead of it being like, "Oh, cool." It's like all right, they got that. How can I get that? Or oh, now they have that. Does that mean am I like I need to justify why I'm not doing that? You know, and it's just like, oh man. Yeah, it's kind of weird. You know what else is strange about social media that way is people that like openly talk about being broke. Like you see that a lot. There's a lot of people. Like, oh, I'd get that if I didn't have you know if I had the money to. And it's like, are you trying to? Start like a pity party and hope the person's just gonna like give you a car or something. Like I, I don't understand the, you know, the mission behind what you're doing here. It's just mm -hmm. kind of strange. Oh yeah, I know. But like I said, it's just like it seems like that's just like the norm now. Which is too bad, but yeah, whatever you know. But play with toy cars and have fun, forget about everything else. Well, yeah, that's the whole point. And then also, the other thing, I am not really going to have it finished, but I outsourced. Um, Elio's got my hard body JK with the Ford motor mount that I've never finished. Oh, okay. So he's been bugging me, and he's like, finally, he's like, I'll finish it for you. And I said, okay. Man, I said, awesome. I I don't have the t I don't have the time to finish it. Plus, I've been a, a real slacker. I went one time to the welding supply to pick up new wire. Well, my welder, I think the, so. I have the Auto Set Millermatic, um, and it the 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 gauges or what you set it to is you let it know if you have point oh two five or point oh three oh, and um. So I went into the, you know, trying to get either one, and he was sold out of both sizes. And I'm going, are you serious? He's like, dude, some guy came in and wiped me out. And I'm going, he's like, I have it in flux core. I said, I don't want flux core. I want the, I have gas. I want to make, I, I want to, I want the real stuff. I don't need the flux core stuff. Huh. But, yeah, I need to go get gas too at some point here. But I was too late. I was. I've been too lazy to go. Not too lazy. I've been too busy to go back. Ever since I had that time to go run in there and check. Hmm. But yeah, so that's about it. We um, talked about Axial Fest East on the last show, right? You, we touched base on okay. it. The Badlands. So we covered that. Um... Yeah, because there was a guy who actually messaged us here. If I bring it up. He wanted to know what our thoughts and plans are for that because he said I think he lives in Canada and he mm -hmm. said he was gonna come he was gonna go to that one. What if we could? That'd be nice. Yeah, but I'd be lucky to go to the one here. <laughs> oh, I'll be at the one here. Oh, where 
is that I clicked. I keep clicking on the wrong thing. It looks just like the same. When I was looking at A Main's new stuff, you know, because usually during the show I kind of glance through the What's New section at A Main and see if there's anything we missed. And uh, Losi has a short course truck that comes with the Brenthel livery that we sell that we was like our first big build, the trophy truck with the chase truck and trailer. No, oh, I remember that. Yeah, they sell a low C short course now with that graphic on it. Interesting. Yeah, it's like oh wow, I, I and I hadn't heard, seen, you know, nothing about it, and like there it is. So, thought that was kind of cool. It'd probably be easier if I just scrolled back and found the the post for it instead of actually trying to go th sift through all of our notifications for it. I don't know how long ago I posted that. I could read some poetry while you're looking. Uh, Keep everybody entertained. If you want. Not really, no. Um, yeah, I'm trying to. So, uh, Basically, i got to find the... It's probably... Did I post it in 2019? So while Is Adam's it? looking, how about that weather, everybody? <laughs> Well, we could talk about the weather. Our weather. How's this weather been? <laughs> our weather's been wacky, dude. Our it sucks. It has been so windy here and rainy, and it's like. Good thing I'm busy right now because I would be seriously bummed out that I can't get out and hit some trail. I tell you what, though, I'm gonna definitely like next week take a day off and just go out in the woods and go drive and just enjoy myself for a day. Like I have been burning the candle at both ends here, man, doing awards and everything else for this. We did for the carpet off road track. We did these LED bases that a piece of clear acrylic slides into and lights it up in different colors and it comes with like infrared remote and stuff so we had the plexiglass cut in the shape of a two-wheel drive buggy and then had it laser etched and stuff and then so we put some decals on it with like all the sponsors and stuff like that and it like lights up and glows these different colors so i we kind of went all out on the trophies this year for the racing so I, i'm pretty excited to see what people think of that nice um, We've done a lot of firsts this year. Like, it's weird. All the stuff I've done with Die Hard has been like really original stuff. Like their summer series that they had for racing. You know what they gave for trophies for the year-end awards for their points series? Those yoga yeah. mat, like roll-up yoga mat pit mats, and it had like Die Hard on it in the class and what place you were and everything. And then last year they had these really cool um, Plano toolboxes it was a mm -hmm. those organizer trays but it was like a two level and we did uh red white blue and black letter or uh, design on it and then had like a chrome for second or third on it like i mean like the sickest looking like parts and tool tray that you've ever seen so it's pretty neat like they basically have like outfitted all of their racers throughout the the last couple seasons with really usable like pit tools and stuff and things for you to use on your bench at home rather than just trophies that are going to collect dust. So I thought that was pretty neat. Nice. Just getting to do a lot of cool stuff, man. Like they're just, they really think outside the box when it comes to this stuff. And it's really, really fun working with people like that. Like it's just been, it's been a labor of love, man. Like it has been a lot of hard work, but I couldn't be more happy about it. It's, 
it's been fun. I yeah, but I live for projects and stuff and making things. So like that's where I get the most enjoyment from. So. Oh yeah, I hear you on that one. So I found the post. It was the post where I shared it, and it talks about RC Fest 2020, which is in Illinois. Then Axial Fest Badlands, which is June 25th to 27th at Badlands Off Road Park in Indiana. Then we have the OG Axial Fest, Axial Fest 2020 at Jul- July 22nd to 25th at Donner Ski Ranch in Northern California. Um, and then there's the Air Meet August 15th through 16th in Germany. Um, so I might be butchering your name if you're listening, but his name's Darwin Bonk. I want to say B-O-H-N-K-E. That sounds right. Um, he asked, what are your plans for them? As a resident Hoosier, California was just too far to swing. Now that it's in my backyard, I'm totally going. Um, I had reached out and responded to him, and I let him know that you know, it'd be nice to be able to go to both, but I said I just, you know, due to time, work, and, you know, money. Mm-hmm. I just don't see it happening, um, but it would definitely be cool. Um, yeah, if, if anyone's, like, on the fence about going or not, even though it's the first year, they've got a couple of them under their belts now and they know what they're doing, but I, if you're, if it's within your ability to go and check out the East Coast Axial Fest event, do it. Like, you're not going to have a bad time. I mean, just it, it's well, the, worth the, it to just go do it. The other thing I'd like to hear, and it'd be nice to get some feedback on, like from some of our listeners, I'd almost be, I'd almost like to know of somebody that we know or somebody that listens to our show that goes and attends that and can give us a report back. Yeah, that we would, need a, we need a in the field reporter. That's what we need. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that'd be totally cool. Um, Let's go to Trevor now, our man in the trail. Exactly. I mean, because I mean, we could get like, um, we could get Randall on here and talk to him about it. But you mm-hmm. know, he's part of Axial, so of course he's gonna, you know, his answer versus like the attendee is gonna be entirely different. Not that what Randall would be saying is wrong. It's, it's just, it's just we're hearing it from a perspective of somebody putting on the event versus somebody attending it, and we want to hear from somebody attending it exactly. to kind of just, you know, see how it's going. Sure. No. Exactly. So, yeah. If we, if if we know, if if anybody listening is definitely planning on going to the Badlands, one, reach out to us on either Facebook or Instagram. You know, slide into those DMs and let us know and. You know, we'd love to he- you know get a full-on report. You know, or we'll have you on the show talk about it because um, it's a month before you know Axial Fest at Donner Ski. And the other thing, since I traveled past that for like three or four days, um, going up to Truckee, it's a good thing they do put it on in July. There is so much snow at the pass; it is unbelievable. Oh, I bet, dude. So, I mean, yeah, we actually didn't work that Thursday because they were supposed to get one to three feet in 24 hours. Hasn't there been a few years now, too, where they're laying out the course for Axial Fest, like back when it was at Cisco? Cisco? Yeah. They they were still having snow up in some of the higher elevations on the trail? Yeah. So that was, I think, 2017 or 2018. 
2010, no, it was 2017. So 2017, they were still they like in section, and it was always a joke too. Uh, John Schultz wanted to mess with everybody. He would always say it was in it was in camp section I, and all the people that were camping in I used to get in when they were doing those videos. Um, you know, they'd always do like the weekly get you hype for like the first like you know for those like two months before it happened or the month before it happened, mm-hmm. and. He used to always say, "Well, we're out grooming, uh, you know, out by uh, camp section I, and look, there's still snow." And people used to chime in; they were freaking out. Oh, I guess I better bring my thermals and this that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, not quite that bad. (laughs) No, it was it was funny, but no, it's definitely um, there's definitely a lot of snow. Um, I was if I wasn't rolling with my buddy to go to work. I totally would have pulled over to go get like you know some like do like a weather report, but um, yeah, we had we had work to do, so we couldn't you know we didn't have the time to stop. I was thinking about with the Badlands one, just kind of the logistics of getting everything over there. I mean, because if you think about it, like there's a lot of like materials and banners and pop up tents and product and everything else that needs to find its way there. Now, I know Horizon has a facility in Illinois, so if they have most of that there, that's not going to be a super, you know, bad drive or anything to get to where they're holding the Badlands one. But California, it makes me wonder, like, because Axial is Southern California, Horizon must have something down there because wasn't uh randall selling off like a lot of the stuff from the axial building online um i'm not sure what the deal was why he was getting rid of a lot of that stuff if they were just making room for stuff or it was stuff that was laying around and they thought oh this would be cool if people wanted it um but yeah i kind of brought that up during the last episode because if you actually look at all the 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 dates of all those events the yeah. first one starts obviously in uh, Illinois at RC Fest and then about like three weeks later it's Axial Fest Badlands and then a month after that it's Axial Fest out here on the west coast so it's kind of like boom 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 so it's like you almost wonder like you said how are they getting everything I mean obviously they're going to have a lot of marketing for like the Axial Badlands and that'll probably be taking place you know, out in Illinois, so that way it's like close. Um, obviously, all the Axial Fest stuff for like us is going to be, you know, on the uh, it's going to be here West Coast, and it's going to be you know easier for them to bring up and whatnot. Um, but it's going to be, I mean, that's going to be interesting. And I wonder, like, is all of the Axial, you know, staff or you know the people that are still there, are they going to be at all of those? Because you like I said for three months you're bouncing around. Yeah, that this is gonna be a busy summer for them. That's a lot of work. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm gonna have to. Yeah, I'm probably gonna have to hit up Randall because I just thought of something. If they release the patches like they do for the Badlands, I need one for my collection. Oh yeah, I really liked that year they had the molded the TPU rubber like molded patches. Those were so cool. Well, they still do. They they still do have them. Sometimes they have like limited ones. Like, wasn't last year's? Was last year's adventure into the? No, last year's was games. Did they have it? They didn't. Hmm. I have to go back now and look at my patches because I I remember the one that they did. 
um, which was Journey into the Unknown, which is the last Cisco Grove Axial Fest. Um, I have that one. That one's a rubberized patch. It's like purple with like, you know, the all-foreseeing eye, tr you know, triangle that's on the back of the dollar bill, and um, it was pretty cool. I have that patch. Um, I know which one you're talking about. You're talking about that little pack where they have like four or five of them. Yeah. Uh huh. That thing was really cool. Had like a green one and a topo one and a bunch, little black and gray one. It was pretty neat. Yep. I don't know. I, I'm somebody, though, that just likes little trinkets and souvenirs like that. I think that's... No, I'm, cool. the, I'm the same way. I have... Um, I should probably... Maybe I'll do it on... Um, I guess our... Like, I'll do it on maybe our YouTube channel. Give us a little content. I could do a... Um, I could do a bench walkthrough or like a, my workstation... Um, Kind of like a breakdown, and uh, I got all my uh, all my badges, you know, for, or whatever you want to call them, your driver's card, mm -hmm. name tag things. I got them from every year, hanging up on the wall. Um, I got all my patches from the first, you know, 2014 to now 2020. So that's really cool. Yeah, I got all that stuff. And then I got a couple of, I guess you could say they're limited. Well, now they're definitely, you know, um, what's the word? Uh, relics. Uh, I got a couple trail uh, markers from CKRC from their final um, doing, you know, sponsoring Axial Fest. That's so, a cool souvenir to have. Yeah, so I got a, I got the because the final year they were trail C, and when Jason had us break down the trail, he said we could keep anything that we wanted. So I kept a marker. I think Elio kept a marker, and I actually what it was was it was like a triangulated thing. So I actually cut it down so to the three sides. So I actually have three side like three pieces of it. Wow. So, yeah. So that's all stuff I still got to get hung up in the workshop area, but. Um. Yeah, it's kind of like crazy. I mean, like I don't know. Don't want to sound like I'm like I don't know weird, but uh, it's like you sit back and you think about like all the stuff and like where Axial Fest was. Like I like I really do need to find some of the OG pictures that I have from like Axial Fest 2014 to like what it looks like now. It is like such an entirely different event. It's yeah. insane. The, I mean, I still say it, and like, I don't know if anybody else can like wrap their head around this. Like, if they can actually understand the magnitude of how much it's progressed. But Axial Fest 2014, there was like 500 pre-reg drivers. Really. And then the following year, there was like. 800 then I don't know what happened but 2016 was like the year of like the explosion and there was I mean that's when they broke over they broke they had 1200 um, pre-reg drivers crazy and then it's just it's just blown up since then yeah they took a little bit of a hit but actually I was talking with Todd Norton about this the other night um I think this year we're going to see a big um, 
we're going to see a big imp like growth of attendees for the um, West Coast one because last year we saw a lot of people saying, "Oh, we're not going. We're not going. We're not going. It's too far." It's da -da -da, you know whatever their ex you know excuses were. As yeah. soon as all the pictures started coming out, as soon as everybody was talking about how much of a good time they were having, they all had like like fear of missing out syndrome, and now they're all, they're all like, "I'm gonna be there next year." So, that's pretty rad. But yeah, so no, it'll be cool. Um, still gotta work on uh, Proline by the Fire. Yeah, I'd still like to get to that one. So. But yeah, so I don't know. We'll see. Um, the the only hard part is like, see, like Axial Fest for me. You know, I know it sounds selfish, but it's like it's not that far away from the house up in Auburn. So it's like, you know, so we don't actually have to camp out. We could actually drive to and from because it's only about a forty-five, you know, minute, fifty-minute drive. Whereas like Proline by the Fire, that's almost like an eight-hour drive down from where I live and you're just like oh eight hours is pretty far like I mean I can do like five or six and still like be okay to you know go have fun and do stuff that same day but like that eight to fourteen hours is rough <laughs> really rough <laughs> oh tell me about it so it's just like that's why I still couldn't believe like when like you guys drive down to go to Axial Fest from where you are man that's a mission yeah, that that was rough, especially just hammering out in one day. Like, my buddy Jared drove down because I was like sleep deprivation the last time that we went from getting stuff ready, and so I pretty much passed out and slept the entire way down there. And then uh, I drove the whole way home. And coming home, it it seems to go a lot faster. So you know, because you're not like looking forward to what you're gonna be doing and all excited and stuff you're just like man i just want to get home and like it, it goes a lot quicker on the drive back i i will say that but there's nothing like easy about it i i could never be like a long haul trucker or anything dude that stuff's crazy i just i have trouble sitting that long you know i'm the same way and i don't know if it's because my back's you know messed up or whatever but it's like i've i've also learned that you know, if I'm gonna travel that long, I gotta stop and get out, stretch like every once in a while. Otherwise, I mean, even this this last year, um, we, I went to crawl for a cure, and we actually went from where I live here in Redwood City. We actually drove from Redwood City to uh, the look, uh, Bear River Resort, um, and then in Pioneer, and then drove back home. Man, when I drove up there, that it was a little over three-hour drive just to get there. And it's like, you know, you're sitting for so long. You get out, like, I feel like an old man. Like, my, my hips locked up. It's like, you're like, oh, and you're like, you start, like, you're, like, hobbling around, and people are looking at you all funny, <laughs> yeah. like, what is wrong with you? And you're like, oh, I just got to stretch. Let me walk it out, and then I'll be fine, you know? Dude, it's rough. Like, after you've been sitting for a while and stuff, it it hurts, man. Like, getting old is not real fun. No, not at all. No, it's it's there's a lot better things that you could do. <laughs> for sure. But yeah, so I don't know. So yeah, it'll be fun. So twenty twenty I'm already starting to look at certain events, see what's going on, see what I can you know, afford to go to and what I can actually feasibly go do. Mm -hmm. So 
Still got to get some running footage of my Capra. That's one thing I got to do soon. Because um, I actually brought it into, if you want to know, my true local hobby shop is J&M in San Carlos. They're like a five-minute drive from my house. But they're not, it's not like going to JJ Customs. Or, like JJ Customs is like, everything surface RC. I mean, he even dabbles into some of the boats and stuff, but it's like cars galore. Whereas um, J&M, they're, they, they're more, I mean, I, I think because they, the owner, is more into it, they're more like plane and drone orientated because they're more into the flying. But, I mean, they do have a lot of the art, like the car stuff. Yeah. But, um, yeah, anyways... I went in there to get some paint one time, and I was ta- I just had to. I just, you know, the guy was like, you know, kind of like uh, shooting the shit with me, and was like, "Hey, what are you, you know, like, what what are you doing? What are you working on?" And I said, "Oh, this is just for my Capra." And he goes, "Oh, you got an Axial Capra?" And he got all excited. He's like, "Dude, when you get it done, bring it in." Dude, I brought it in, and it blew- and the guy was so blown away. I mean, it's like I told him, I said, "You need to get on." Instagram and Facebook and I'll give you a list of people to follow. I said this ain't nothing. You like you need to like I mean like he was just so blown away cuz like, he's he's like he didn't even know that four wheel steer was possible. That blew his mind. He he was just like everything about it was just like, man, he goes this is insane. So that's like funny. It, it was yeah, it was, no it was pretty funny. So but weird. But yeah, I think that like well, I don't know. Maybe it's just not like that. I, when I worked at a at a motorcycle dealership, there was you know we'd have sales reps that would always bring stuff in and everything. And like I guess I just always assumed it was that way with hobby shops that people, you know, like some a representative from Horizon shows up with some of the latest models and stuff and check them out. And I don't know. I guess just assumed it was like that maybe it's not well no he was familiar with the with the capra i just don't think he was like he he just hasn't seen anybody doing modifications like that oh i see so yeah that's cool though like i think that i don't know i mean now he can show you know he has a little better idea what people do with them and that'll make his job easier because it would be hard to work at a hobby shop because you're going to be expected to know everything. Yeah. And so that, you know, it it would just be nice to know, you know, now he's like, Oh, okay. That can be done. That can be done. So that's cool. Yeah. No, I, yeah, he, he's, he's got a, um, he's actually got an axial Yeti XL. And, And he's got that thing pretty pimped out. He leaves it up on the counter um, I was like, man, I said, this thing's like a relic. I said, nobody runs this anymore. He goes, oh, I know, but I love it. And I'm like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I said, it's just getting parts is the hard part. So, but so I've only seen a Yeti XL once in real life. And that thing was huge. Like the pictures do not do it justice. Like it was big, big, big. Yeah. So, um, Actually, when Elio first was dealing with his cancer, he actually, uh, you know, because he wasn't working anymore, he was trying to keep himself busy. He actually bought one. Oh, really? So we, so we went out to Folsom the one time, um, and he was sitting there. That thing, he 
you know, he put he'd put the batteries in it and just hammered down. And he was doing like I mean, he was treating that thing almost like a dirt bike. He was able to do like whips with it. Like he'd just like haul he'd just like haul butt, hit the jump, and it'd be like and then he kinda like stop the throttle so it would kinda like whip it and then he'd punch it again and it would whip it back straight and then he'd come back to I mean it was insane what he was doing with that thing. It was hilarious. That's so rad. But it was just one of those things. The funny thing, though, he did say because, you know, um, he was like, but this is the first Axial car I can work on where I actually can see what the heck I'm working on because the parts are so much bigger. <laughs> yeah. So, no, it was pretty funny. But, um, yeah, I've so other than Elio's, um, that guy's at J&M's is the only other Axial Yeti I've seen, like, you know, in person. Um, it's definitely one of those cars – um, I think it was like a hit or miss. Yeah. You know, some people are like, "Oh yeah, this is awesome," and they got one, and other people are like, "Yeah, just not for me." Yeah, with stuff that big, you got to have a big area to be able to use it in. Well, it's not just that; the parts are also expensive too. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I remember, point. I remember when uh, you know, when CKRC was still in business. I remember uh, going over to the one section where he actually carried hop-up parts for the Yeti XL, and you look at the one shock, and you're like, this thing is huge. And it's oh, like yeah. – <laughs> and, and but then when you saw the, the price tag, you were like, oh, my God, that's expensive. Yeah, it's rough. <laughs> They're awesome, though. Shocks. And then you see this one big shock is like 120, and you're like – are you serious? So, <laughs> and I need four of them. So, yeah, they're they're pretty crazy. Matt at A Main has the low C uh, Super Baja or mm -hmm. Super Rock Ray. Excuse me, Super Rock Ray. Dude, the thing is so ridiculous. I've never seen anything like it. Like it is just huge, huge, huge. Yeah, dude, they're big cars. Big cars. But well, anywho, where are we at on time right now? We're at an hour and a half. So I would say we should be right about our time because I remember we started recording right at the five minute mark on our uh, phone call. So yeah, I still got work to do tonight. Yay! Oh, brutal. Yeah, I got to turn that blue curry jeep into that Scout Ultra Four rig that we had for a while. So that'll be interesting. I got to build that. Oh, okay. Swap axle housings and all kinds of stuff. So it's going to be a, it'll be a chore. Fun yeah. stuff. I just want the drag car done. Like that, I really want that done more than anything because I want to play with it. It's <laughs> going to be, I just want to do a burnout. If I can just get it going enough to where it'll do a burnout, then I'm happy. I just want to see it. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, it's a whole different thing. And it's like, like I said, I mean, I, you're going to laugh. I sold off. I had a team associated SC10. That was my first go fast car because um, the kid at Talbot's Hobbies, which is actually like or Talbot's Toyland, they have their hobby department in San Mateo. They actually were the, was the first place I got it, my first RC car at. And the one kid that worked there, he was a huge like I mean, I'm I'm telling you, this is like eight nine years ago. He was like 
anti-Traxxas. He just couldn't stand Traxxas, so he's like, "No, if you're gonna get something like the Slash, you gotta get a, you gotta get a RC ten or an SC ten, and you know, da da." And I'm just like, "Oh, okay." So, um, yeah. So, so we had those, um, and I, we ended up. I just ended up not using it that much, and I. So I ended up putting it up for. I actually sold it to my cousin for like. 50 bucks because it's like it sat for so long and I'm like you know we're not doing anything with them and he wanted something to go fast and now which is actually probably a good question for you he blew up the transmission and he doesn't know what to do to fix it and I told him because he says he goes I've looked everywhere they don't make like I can't find anything anymore because I guess they don't make the SC10 anymore oh yeah so any of the parts that are on that they 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 still make them um if you're looking on like Team Associates website, you have to look at like discontinued cars. But like if he if he needs transmission parts and stuff like that, the DB10 or the uh, Trophy Rat, either of those use the OG SC10 platform. So the transmission parts and stuff will all uh, they'll all work from that. Okay. Yeah. yeah I'll, so. I'll tell him that. Yeah. So just DB10 or Trophy Rat, and he'll be good to go. Cool. Cool. Well, let me uh, get our stuff pulled up here so I can shut her down. Alrighty, you guys. Well, we promised we will have the Super Friends episode. Um, like Adam was saying, some stuff came up. Tim had kind of a family medical emergency and everything, so we're going to uh, we'll reschedule, but it's going to happen. It's something all parties involved are really looking forward to, so we'll do it. We promise. Yeah, so don't worry. We saved the questions. Um, it's going to be awesome when we do it, and we will announce. You'll see it when it's live um, and up for everybody for their uh, listening pleasure. Um, and with that, we'll see you guys next week. All right. Take it easy, guys.